This is another sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mug Gilcrest for the second episode of the fifth season of another damn sports podcast. I'm incredibly excited to talk about all of the exciting things we have planned to talk about in this episode. But first, Money Mike, how are you doing on this fine Thursday night? Do you have anything exciting planned for the uh, extended weekend, the Labor Day weekend? Any great well, sales going on at the dealership? <laughs> uh, well, uh, not really, but we have um, <laughs> we have our fantasy draft tomorrow with all of our high school friends uh, that we've done since we all basically graduated. I mean, it was your senior year that we started it but you know what i mean um so we have that going on tomorrow that should be fun uh i am the current champion in that league for those who are keeping score i certainly do um and uh you know since our last podcast i I guess uh the baseball gods uh listened to me trash the uh, new york yankees and our loyal uh another damn sports podcast Mm -hmm. fans who do love this show but also love the new york yankees are probably were listening to that being like oh fuck money mike but uh just know that since that podcast I have got my comeuppance because the Red Sox have lost six of seven games since our last show. So, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, Burrito and Madden are not in the chat yet if they're going to be joining us tonight. But I'm sure we'll have to rehash that and have you say that again, because I'm sure they would love to hear it. Six of seven. Yeah. That's a rough run, Mike. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, what's, what's, what's sad also is that they're in a wild card chase and one of the teams they're chasing just swept them. And basically it's like you're in this foxhole and you're you're crawling your way to get out and you're chasing this one thing and that thing just comes by and just starts kicking you and puts you right back down to the sinkhole. <laughs> and what what is that thing that's been kicking you down? Is that uh uh one, one of the other teams in the division? Are they just like, getting uh, no, dominated? The Houston Astros who we were chasing in the wild card, you know, they they basically like, Oh, you guys are trying to be in the playoffs? <laughs> Die, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough, man. That That is tough, yeah. but that's kind of explains the season for both Red Sox fans and Yankee fans alike, which you, like you said last week, you are very happy about. Uh, Sir Burrito Bandit in the chat saying, fuck the Astros. That's right. That is yeah. a common theme on this podcast. Very true. Very true. And Drew, I didn't ask you last time, so I will ask you this time. How are you coming into this <laughs> podcast? Well, I appreciate that, Mike. It is a two-way street on this podcast, uh, contrary to popular belief. Um, I, I will say I'm doing pretty well. Life's good. Uh, in terms of the extended weekend, nothing too crazy planned. Got a baby shower to go to, which will be fun. Got a uh, got some rest and relaxation as well as cleaning up the house because the parents are coming up from Texas. Very excited for that. They're going to be staying with us for a week. Of course, they're, uh, they probably want to get away from the Texas heat. I don't know about Buffalo, but Syracuse is supposed to get in the ni- back in the 90s next week. So I don't know if it's going to be the same for you guys. So I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the escape from the heat that they wanted. Although I I guess Texas at this time of year is probably like 120. So 90 is probably going to feel like a nice, cool, crisp for them. Yeah, it sounds like it's been very frequently over 100 degrees down there in Texas. So they're excited. It looks like I looked at the weather. It looks like next week it's going to be like high of high 80s. So it's it's going to be hotter for us. But for them, it's going to be like, oh, my God, this is paradise. So. Yeah. And this is exciting because this will be the first time that they'll be back in New York since they moved, which was mid last year. So I think uh, the Torres clan being together again in some fashion is going to be exciting uh, now nice. that we're all spread throughout the entire country. Um, but uh, anything personal going on for you with the uh, 
um, Labor Day weekend? You gonna be going golfing or anything? Probably we'll we'll go golfing on Sunday, maybe Monday. I don't know. I, I we'll see what happens, but uh, definitely gonna be nice to take a few days off and just kind of you know end of month at car dealerships is always kind of a hustle. So to kind of take a few days to just decompress from that and then get ready to start a new month is always uh is always good. Yeah, that's good, and uh, end up being a good month at least. Uh, decent. Not as good as the last two months uh, before that, but the last two months were really, really productive. So, there you know, go. hey, it's, it was a decent month, but not nearly as high as we wanted, but that's all right. It happens. Eh, can't kill them all, right? And shout out no. to uh, Dave in the chat. Says, hi, boys. Hope you're having a wonderful time. Um, all right. Well, I guess we can kind of dive into some of the topics we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to start go. with some outcrop. Oh, Great shot. Great shot of the greatest quarterback to ever do it. <laughs> this is gonna, like I said before, this is going to be our NFC prediction show. We're going to go through all of the different conferences or all of the different divisions within the NFC and talk about who we think is going to be winning each division, uh, who we think is going to suck this year, which on the NFC side, we feel like is a lot more teams compared to the AFC, which um, is good, especially in one division, there's going to be four teams that suck, most likely vying for a title. So that's going to be a lot on uh, money mike any kind of overarching themes for the nfc you want to talk about before diving into the first division here well i think the nfc has a lot more question marks than the afc in terms of teams that you're like who are they going to be going forward whereas the afc we know so many teams that are have the talent level to be good it's just a matter of piecing together who's going to be where the nfc it's like there are two really really good teams and then three or four teams that are like yeah they're going to be good and then a bunch of teams that you're like i don't think they're going to be good but if they turn out to be good it wouldn't necessarily surprise me so that's how i kind of look at the the nfc it's kind of like you know you've got two teams in the top tier in the second tier you've got about six teams and then the third tier it has about five six teams in the bottom tier there are a few teams in the bottom tier that like i'm not giving them a chance in, yeah. in these play in in this season like if you're a fan base of one of these three teams who i will reveal later in the show uh i mean enjoy week one <laughs> <laughs> hey man that's the great thing about week one is every fan base feels like they have a chance and then they're kind of just thrown into reality right away if their team sucks um yeah, i'm laughing because uh on my view i have the uh <laughs> the slideshow just like blown up on the stream so it's just a giant big picture of eli manning after throwing three interceptions and just a freeze frame from looking very <laughs> drunk confused whatever you want oh man shout out to eli manning he's uh he's a character and he's definitely become more beloved i i think even in retirement as well with some of the things he's been in in terms of entertainment yeah. so oh yeah all right let's move on to our first division and that is going to be the nfc least yeah, who are I'll now the NFC start. beast. They're the right. NFC beast now. I mean, three of them made the playoffs last year. One of them was the representative in the Super Bowl. Come on, it's the best division in this conference. It still is. <laughs> All right, so let me hear your thoughts in terms of who you think is going to come in fourth here. Obviously, we have – I'll set the stage here. The, the Dallas Cowboys bringing back uh, Dak Prescott, obviously, as the starting quarterback. They ended up uh, making some changes on their roster this season. They got rid of Zeke Elliott. He is now – with the New England Patriots, uh, they drafted Deuce Vaughn, uh, obviously later round pick running back. But I, I enjoyed watching him in college at Kansas State. I bet on a couple of his games, and he helped me out. Um, so the Cowboys, I mean, they seem to just always be in the mix to win the, the division title. They've never come into I can't remember the last time we've come into a season. I've been like, oh, the Cowboys are going to stink. 
and they're going to be at the bottom. You know, they'll always be in contention. They'll always be towards the top. And then obviously the Eagles coming off of their Super Bowl run, unfortunately falling just short in the late minutes of the past Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. I know Eagles fans are still feeling the pain of that and hoping that their team led by Jalen Hurts is going to make it their way back. And then obviously your New York Giants signing Daniel Jones to an insane amount of money. Uh, sticking with a lot of the young core on this team, Saquon Barkley is going to be playing. And uh, obviously you got some good pieces on the defensive end, so we'll see what they can do. And then Washington with uh, Sam Howell as their quarterback is going to be trying to make a run and uh, towards relevancy within this division. So that's kind of set the stage, Mike. You go first. Who do you think is going to come in fourth? Uh, Washington. I mean, Washington's going to, they're one of those teams that I'm writing off and I know that they have a really great defense and Ron Rivera is a very good head coach, but you know, you have, I, I, you just said his name. I've already forgotten who the quarterback of Washington is. That's how irrelevant he is and how, you know, you've got, uh, Eric B who is the, forgive me, poster child for, he doesn't get an opportunity because he's black head coach guy. Um, that's just who he is. That's who he's always been talked about as, um, he was criticized apparently for coaching his players too hard. They complained to Ron Rivera that he coached too hard. That was a story this summer. Now that's not a good sign that the players don't like to be coached hard. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that's not good. And I don't say the poster child for, uh, you know, not getting a job is because there, there is an issue with hiring black coaches. I'm not going to say that there's not, I'm just saying that for some reason, he's the face of that. Everyone's just like, Oh, he's, he deserves a job. He's like, and I'm like, well, why, why, why? So (laughs) this is his opportunity to prove that. Um, and um, yeah, watch, and they've got Magic Johnson's now the owner, part owner of Washington, uh, but he came in like a month ago as the owner. So it's not like they're going to make drastic changes that are really going to affect this year. I think they're really in this like rebuild of not only the team, but the the structure of the front office and everything. They're going to apparently change their name again uh, going into next year. They're just a hodgepodge of of weird so i think that they'll win some games but i just don't see them stacking up against the other teams in this division or uh the top tier teams in the nfc so yeah washington's coming in fourth um, all right yeah so uh money mike thinks washington's coming in fourth i think that was kind of the expected prediction i think just to make things interesting here i'm gonna be a dick kind of go oh, against boy. the script of the uh of how this show normally goes you know i'm usually really nice to you mike go giants you know let's go daniel jones he's my guy yeah yeah bring it you know what pick the giants to come in last (laughs) i'm gonna pick the giants to come in last i'm sorry burrito he's saying let's go new york he's all in on the giants i'm saying this because now that daniel jones has gotten his money i'm curious to see how he plays and how he can prove that last year wasn't just a flash in the pan and how brian dayball winning coach of the year I want to see if he can prove that that uh, that was worth it and continue to be in that mix of coach of the year, because obviously he has to work with a roster that's very good, but I think also very much outperformed what the expectations were last year. And I think you would even agree with that. You know, it was like every every player that needed to step up, stepped up, you know, to, to get you guys to that playoff run and get you that playoff win. So I want to see the consistency and First, I'm going to be a dick and choose the Giants to come in fourth. And well, I'm going to side with all of those Daniel Jones haters just to be an asshole. So I'm sorry, Mike. Okay. Hey, hey, I, uh, that's fine with me. I don't want the hype to be too much. And then they fall from, you know, fall from that, you know, so yeah. it's fine with me. I have the Giants third. So for those of okay. you who think that uh, for those Bills fans are like, oh, Mike hates on the Bills, but he's probably biased towards his team. No, I'm very realistic. I have the Giants winning 10 games this year. 
going 10 and 7. They had a more difficult schedule than they had last year, but they also improved. Um, Daniel Jones had really no weapons other than Saquon Barkley consistently last year. Um, a lot of his uh, receivers got hurt, um, and there wasn't really anybody outside of Saquon Barkley that could really carry the load of the offense. It was really Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones running the football that really was the Giants' electrifying plays. Other than that, it was very short passes, but Daniel Jones did improve in this most important category, which is he doesn't turn the ball over anymore. He turned the ball over like crazy his first few years. Then Brian Dable came in and he stopped turning the ball over. And this is going, and that was when he was learning Brian Dable's offense last year. This year, he now is experienced in this offense. He's won a playoff game with this offense. And now they've added weapons. Um, you know, most importantly, they've got Waller at tight end, who they got from the Raiders, who has already ingratiated himself with the team. He was voted as a team captain. For, you know, not even playing a game with them yet. And if you watch that one, I don't, the preseason's the preseason, but the Giants starting offense played one drive all preseason. They scored a touchdown and Daniel Jones was looking for Waller a lot. So yeah. if you are, if you haven't done your fantasy draft yet and you need a tight end, pick him up because he's basically going to be Daniel Jones' number one target. Now, at wide receiver, Sterling Shepard's coming back off injury. Wandale Robinson, our rookie from last year from Kentucky, who was very explosive in the games that he played. He's going to be coming back. We got Jalen Wyatt in the draft, who was an explosive receiver out of Tennessee. Um, Darius Slayton, who grew very much with Daniel Jones last year. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, who was uh, our starting tight end last year. He's not going to be the number two tight end, but he has a chemistry with Daniel Jones. Um, we also brought in uh, Campbell from the Colts, uh, Paris Campbell, uh, who is going to be a heavily targeted guy as well, who has already shown in camp to have good chemistry with Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones is going to have a lot more explosive weapons at his disposal than he had last year. Um, he has more knowledge of the offense. He has the confidence of knowing that he doesn't need to be out there proving himself because he's got his money. And he's not the type of player that now he has his money, he's going to bag it in. Right. You know, he's still that, from what I've been reading and seeing in interviews from like the GM and coach, he's still the first man in, last man out. That's you know, he's a team captain once again. I think Daniel Jones is going to be a player that people are going to be surprised by his production this year because everyone's like, oh, he only threw 15 touchdowns last year. Yeah, he ran for a bunch too. So <laughs> he's probably going to he's gonna be north of 20 touchdowns passing this year. He's going to rush for over 10. He's going to be a player that is explosive. Here's the problem. They're in a very tough division. And last year they went 1-4-1 one, and one in the division. They only had Yikes. the one game in Washington that I they won. That. And then yeah. they, they tied a game with Washington and they lost both games to the Eagles very badly and then lost to them a third time in the playoffs um and then they lost to dallas both times this year i think that changes i think that they will beat washington both times i think they will split with dallas and i think they'll still lose both games to philly but they won't be as embarrassing embarrassed yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> i think the giant i think the giants win on opening day uh, opening sunday night football at metlife stadium against the cowboys because um, I think the Cowboys uh, are they're changing their offense this year with Mike McCarthy uh, calling the plays, and I don't know if they'll necessarily be as in sync as they were with um, the previous offensive coordinator being with Dak these last few years. There was more of like an understanding of the offense there. So I think the Cowboys are, might struggle a little bit early offensively. So I think the Giants can get them on opening night, but we'd probably lose in the second matchup we have against them. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but I think, you know, the Giants have a very tough schedule. I think they'll go 10 and 7, but I think they will still make the playoffs. And I think Daniel Jones is going to be a guy that people will really start to respect after this season. I mean, Greg Jennings is the only guy out there on any sports media that's saying he's a top 10 quarterback. 
I mean, Nick Wright is going nuts, uh, which I love because I hate Nick Wright. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure he's loving that conversation. Real quick, shout out to Poseidon Super Smash Bros. Ian in the chat subscribing for 16 months. Shout out to the homie. Uh, just to give you some context as you are listening here, you, you'll enjoy this. I just predicted the Giants to come in fourth in this division. I chose to go against Money Mike's team here just to make this a little interesting because obviously most people looking at the division, they're just assuming it's probably going to end up like last year, right? I mean, it's going to be the Eagles at the top, Cowboys in second, Giants in third, Washington in fourth. That's probably what a lot of people are assuming. It sounds like that's probably where you're going to since you're saying that the Giants are going to split with the Cowboys this year. Um, for me, I am going to obviously put Washington at third. I'm not going to be that crazy. I understand that Sam Howell is their quarterback. Sounds like they have a great defense. That's awesome that a great defense can win you games. Um, and like he's even with uh, probably a worse team last year, they still split with the Giants, or, or did they split? No, they won and tie. Or, won and tied, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, they split the result, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, so they're definitely not on the level of the Cowboys and Eagles, at least from a, a on-paper roster standpoint. So I've got to put them at three. Okay. Yeah, and, and again, I, the Giants are the team I have the most depth knowledge of because they're my team. Um, it, it, I could see the Giants coming in second. I I can't see them coming in fourth. I can't see anybody being lower than Washington, but I could see the Giants coming in second at best. I just don't see them winning the division. I think that in order for the Giants to win the division, and I'm not praying for this because uh, I don't want to win this way, but it would take like the injury bug to hit Philadelphia and Dallas for us to overtake them both in the division. What do you think um, is what's holding the giants back from getting to that point? I think that the, well, the talent gap between the giants and the Eagles and the Cowboys last year was, let's say the Eagles were at a 10. They really were a fantastic team all year long. Uh, the Cowboys were, I would say a seven and the giants were a six. Um, let's actually, no, let's put the Cowboys at an eight, right? Yeah. I think the Cowboys are exactly – I don't think the Cowboys have improved or gotten worse. I think they're yep. going to be exactly the same. Agreed. I think the Eagles have kind of gone down a notch, but the Giants have gone up a notch. So they're still at a talent level less than both Dallas and Philadelphia in terms mm -hmm. of their rosters. Uh, and they're also younger than, than the Cowboys. And, and I think the Eagles – I'd have to look at their average ages, but um, – I think that the Giants will be closer to both of them. Just there's still there's still a pretty wide margin between them and the Eagles, but it's a little bit closer between them and Dallas. Okay. Uh, but here's the thing: I think that a lot of times when you're picking divisions and picking who's going to win, a lot of times you have to look at which division has the best quarterback. Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the division, but I think that Daniel Jones is better than Dak. Hmm. Yeah, I think Dak I mean, is a better defense. The Eagles, there's the Giants definitely have an improved there. defense, but Dallas has a much better defense than the Giants. They just do. So um, I think, and they have better they have more explosive talent at receiver in terms of uh, they have a true number one in CD lamb. Yeah. The giants don't have a true number one. One of these guys has to step up to prove that they are that. Um, so I think that, but I do think Daniel Jones this year will be better than Dak Prescott. Yeah. I and mean, that, that's a, him in lists yeah. like that people make like that, when they're, that's a fair prediction. Are the rank Daniel Jones over Dak Prescott for sure. Yeah. Okay, because Dak, I think he, he kind of gets elevated because he's the Cowboys quarterback, but he's definitely been regressing. I feel like in terms of just his, Decision making, interception numbers are going up. You know, I, I just feel like he he's he definitely seems to struggle a lot more, at least over the past few seasons, uh, going against more elite defenses. He doesn't really seem to be able to keep that great play going. But we'll see. Um, so obviously, it sounds like you and I both have kind of the same prediction for two and one in this division, right? Eagles at one, Cowboys at two. Uh, 
And it really is just the fact that, like you said, the Eagles, they they may have potentially taken a step back a little bit in their defense. And even I've I've had some conversations with Chris on on Chris Torgalski on this and how the secondary may have gotten a little bit weaker. But beyond that, this team is still stacked from top to bottom. So they're definitely going to be in the Super Bowl conversation for sure, especially since the NFC is not the strongest conference. Um, That's definitely going to be a conversation throughout this whole thing. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles, I, I hate to say it, but they still have the arguably the best front office in football. They lost a lot of pieces, but they were able to, you know, get some new pieces that still make them the... the I mean, it sounds like Jalen Carter is a fucking beast. So <laughs> the fact that that defensive front is going to be even better this year is just wild to think about. Yeah. So. Yeah. And um, the Cowboys, again, I think the Cowboys will be good. They'll be a very good team. They they are this, As you started this conversation off... They're that team that on paper you look at and you're like, how are they not going to be great? You know, like they have so many, like their their defense is elite. Um, if Dak can stop being the turnover machine he was last year and just get back to the way he played like his rookie season uh, and then that playoff game he played against Tampa where he looked amazing. If he can play like that, this team is going to be hard to stop. I mean, they could compete with the Eagles to win this division and possibly win the NFC. But there's always something that holds the Cowboys back. Um, some people think it's Jerry Jones. Um, and one of the things that, again, he always finds a way to make the Cowboys a soap opera team. Like there's always some kind of drama going on there. And I think the Trey Lance trade was a good move from the standpoint of you're getting a guy who was the number three pick in the draft. San Francisco traded three first round picks and a third round pick to get this guy. Which is just insanity to think, and now they're going. With and they Brock got him Purdy. for a fourth, and they traded, <laughs> and they traded a fourth round pick for him. One fourth round pick just to get him. So you're getting a high value for a very low price. So yeah. even if Trey Lance doesn't do anything, doesn't start a game for Dallas, they got him at a good value. There's no question about that. Um, but it causes the drama of Dak Prescott last year was the worst he's ever been. They've already paid him. Now if they don't win and win and win, it's like, okay. Should we try Trey? Is that quarterback room drama going to happen? Like it's already started where it's like, like the media is like, Oh my God, there's already drama there. Like they didn't, they didn't consult with Dak before making this trade. Uh, They didn't even tell him about it. They didn't even tell Mike McCarthy about it. Jerry Jones just did it. And then like, it comes out, Oh no, Dak welcomed me with open arms. It's like, so there's mixed, mixed stories that we're getting. And so it's going to be like, Oh my God, it's, it's going to be this, this drama here. And I think if they don't win, uh, early which again i think that the um i think that the cowboys are going to lose their first two games both to new york they're going to lose to the giants and then they're going to go home and lose to aaron Rodgers and the jets so jerry jones gonna have to talk to all of his uh business partners and friends and enemies about how his dallas cowboys lost to the two teams in new york i think that's gonna be so funny his friends who live in new york and enemies that live in new york are going to be just blowing up his phone, which I find quite hilarious. And if Dallas doesn't get off to a good start, there are going to be people who, it might be a small minority, but it's going to be a loud minority, start Trey Lance over Dak Prescott. It's going to happen. Which, that that's insanity to me. The fact that the 49ers felt like they needed to trade him away for a fourth-round pick when their options were Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold, I think that speaks volumes and what they were seeing during training camp and just how yeah. how much they realized that their investment wasn't worth it. So I, I can't imagine Trey Lance is going to see many snaps this year unless Dak gets hurt because there's there's no way that Trey Lance, especially starting with the Cowboys so late in the offseason, he's not going to be up to speed 
um, even well, if they do drop those first two games. And yeah. Yeah, well, he looked awful. I mean, he looked awful in that preseason game against the Raiders. He didn't look good in his five starts last year before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, he hasn't looked good. And when I say that they got him at great value, I'm just saying where he fell in the draft right, versus right, what they had yeah. to give up for him. No, 100%. But he got, beat, yeah. he got beaten camp by Sam Darnold, who was not good with the Jets, not good with the Panthers. Now, to be fair to Sam Darnold, those are two bad organizations. Right. Have been bad organizations. Like, the Jets, when Sam Darnold was there, was not a well-ran organization. Um, and the Panthers have not would they, they they've been a good organization over their their history i think yeah because they've always been competitive it's just at that point they were doing an ownership change mm-hmm. and things were kind of not going really well well they, they didn't uh, have the best roster and they, they didn't have the that, best roster right. yeah. like everything everything wasn't going right at that time that he was there yeah now yeah. he's with the 49ers who are well ran well coached arguably the best offensive coach in the league and so you have and you have a fantastic roster I mean, other than the Eagles, they're the best roster in the NFC still. Yeah. So uh, maybe if Sam Darnold has to step in at any point, if Brock Purdy gets hurt or if Purdy just is not as productive as he was last year and they want to try Sam Darnold, he might be able to do something. And if the fact that the, like you had said, San Francisco saw Trey Lance and said, you know, that he's not worth our investment. Let's just get rid of him. When you have the best offensive mind, arguably looking at a kid and saying, no, he stinks, but I can, I believe in this guy. <laughs> Yeah. Um I wonder if that's you know, the wording they use in the in the back room. This guy stinks. Maybe. <laughs> this guy maybe. sucks. Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, speaking of sucks, let's uh pivot to the NFC South here. And we're gonna talk about definitely by far the division that has the most question mark in terms of who's gonna win it, and the least intriguing in terms of anybody who's probably going to be contending for a run in the playoffs. Um, and that is the division here where we have the Carolina Panthers coming into the season after having uh, the number one overall pick to select uh, Bryce Young as their quarterback going forward, uh, quarterback from Alabama. Uh, big big uh, future uh, implications, obviously, with the drafting of the quarterback here. But obviously, the, the roster is still kind of working to get to the point where they can be a consistent high-level roster. But I think in the division that they're in here, they're going to have a really good shot at potentially winning this division anyway. And we'll kind of walk, talk through that in just a moment. And then obviously the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rolling with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Still got Mike Evans at receiver. Still have Chris Godwin at receiver. All the piece, or A lot of the pieces that were there when Tom Brady was there are still there. But Tom Brady was the one that was really moving the ship. No pun intended, I guess. It wasn't really intended, but I guess that was perfect. Um, Tom Brady was the one driving the success for, uh, this team. And now we'll see if Baker Mayfield can do the same. Um, the, uh, New Orleans Saints coming in with a brand new quarterback of their own and Derek Carr, hoping that he can really gel well with Chris Olave. Uh, Colin Cowherd seems to think so. Um, so <laughs> putting them at the number five QB wide receiver duo in the NFL, pretty insane. Um, so we'll see if the Saints, with who always seem to have a good defense, see if they'll be able to uh, put the string together some wins. Alvin Kamara is going to be dealing with some suspensions finally that have been looming for the last couple of years. Um, so they'll be going with a different running back to start the season. And speaking of running backs, that is the story surrounding the Atlanta Falcons. They drafted Bijan Robinson early in the first round, and he will be carrying the team, former Texas Longhorn, he will be carrying the team going forward as they go with uh, Desmond Ritter, I believe, is their quarterback. Yeah. And uh, this, this will be a run-first team. 
hoping that their defense can play better than they have been, than they have been in prior years. So, Mike, I'll let you go first here. Who do you think is going to come in fourth in this division? Honestly, a pretty tough decision. Well, first, well, first, I uh, when I was talking about how there's so many question marks in the NFC, this division is the biggest question mark of who yeah. is going to win it. Who's going to win it? Because you can make an argument for why each team can be good with the exception of one, in my opinion. Uh, the one team that will not be good and will be coming in fourth place, I have them only winning two games all season long. Two games. Two games. They will win two games and they will lose all of the rest. Uh, the Jolly Roger will not sail to greatness. It won't even float. It is going to sink with Baker Mayfield at quarterback as opposed to Tom Brady. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to stink. They are going to <laughs> suck. And they are going to be up there in the draft to get a new quarterback to replace Baker Mayfield because he is awful. Um, yeah, I mean, they were bad last year with Tom Brady. They were bad with the – the only reason they won the division was because the rest of the division was absolute trash. They won, what, like eight games, if that? I don't even <laughs> – Yeah, it was not good. It, it, it was, was not rough. good. So you take away the greatest quarterback from that fiasco, and they're going to be much worse. So, yeah, Tampa's going to suck. And it's just <laughs> – <laughs> You got Burrito laughing over here. That was a great – some great analysis by Money Mike. Um that is uh, also who I'm going to pick to come in fourth. Uh, Baker Mayfield clearly showed last year with the Panthers that he is not able to perform when he doesn't have uh, the greatest team around him. And like I said, he will have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to work with. So in terms of receiver, he's working with better talent than he was in Carolina. I will admit that. But like you said, uh, they they had the worst offensive line last year, at least one of the worst offensive lines last year with Baker Mayfield behind that line. It's going to be rough for them to kind of mirror any sort of success compared to what Tom Brady was able to do. So it's kind of, it's very difficult for, for me to see them get many wins. Like you said, two wins, which is insane with a 17 game season. Um, Just, they're they're what I would call they're they're what Peyton Manning would call a circled win on the schedule. Like you're looking at the schedule and you circle it and say, "Oh, we're playing Tampa. That's a win this week." Yeah, I'm glad the Jags are playing them this year and not last year or any years that Brady was there because it's like, okay, now we can breathe a sigh of relief. Because no matter what, if you're going against Tom Brady, you're nervous, right? With yeah. with the Baker Mayfield led Buccaneer team, you are not nervous. Um, all right, I'm interested to hear this. Who do you have at number three? All right, so coming in at number three, I have the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they're a team that they're, – they're, how good is Ritter going to be? I think that Robinson's going to help the offense, obviously. Uh, but, you know, Saquon Barkley was great as a rookie for the Giants, too, but the Giants were still bad. Um, so a running back doesn't make that dramatic of a difference. Uh, that's probably why they don't get paid as much as they think that they should. Uh, again, I think it's – I feel bad for them, but that is kind of the the way it is. But when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, what's tough about them is they played so many games last year that were one-score games. Pretty much every game they played in was a one-score game, with the exception of, like, two against teams like San Francisco and um, Cincinnati. Oh, I'm sorry. You lose to Cincinnati and San Francisco by double digits. I can forgive you for that because they're great teams. But everybody else they played, it was pretty damn close. So I feel like if they can build on that, they'd have a shot to win this division. That being said... I just I, I just don't think that when I look at their schedule and I'm looking at who they're playing, I'm like, well, I feel like this other team is better than them. So that's why I just don't I, I have them winning seven games, but losing 10. You know, it's just that's just how I see the Atlanta Falcons. 
Okay. Um, they, I think they're going to still be competitive. Uh, I would not be shocked if they won the division. But I just, in terms of this discussion, where I'm thinking going in before we even see a game, I have them in third. Yeah, no, that's entirely fair. And it definitely seems like the Falcons, uh, from what I've been tracking on the offseason, is they've put a lot of effort into improving their defense. Uh, I've never viewed the Atlanta Falcons defense as one that's been scary. Um, and it seems like they're finally trying to figure out a way to at least bolster that defense to help such a young offensive core, you know, with their with Desmond Ritter at quarterback and obviously the rookie running back. Um, so I think if their defense is able to play as well as they should with all of these new pieces, then I think that they have a chance to win the division. But that's a big if, because obviously with the Atlanta Falcons, like I said, their defense has never been that great. So it's going to have to be a big flip of the script. So I'm also going to put them at number three. But like you said, who knows? Um, so, all right, we'll move on to numbers two and one. Who do you got between the Saints right. and the Panthers? Ian so is listening year, intently. <laughs> who's, who's listening intently? Ian. He is in the chat right okay. now. Okay. All right. Well, so I am picking to win this division. So it's coming second is the team that is going to win this division for years to come. But it's just not going to happen this year the Carolina Panthers. They're going to come in second place. Um, and I think that what's going to happen is Bryce Young and the Panthers will struggle early this year. They, I, I think in their first six games, they'll probably win two or three at most. Uh, but then they'll kind of catch fire and he'll begin to uh, play better and better each week. Uh, I really like their head coach. I think that he didn't really get as fair of a shot in Indianapolis as he deserved. Um, and I think that he's going to teach Bryce Young a lot. And it's just going to take some time for it to come together during this particular season. But I think going into next year, they're going to be the team that like that will win this division year after year after year. Um, and I think that, like Ian has said in one of the comments last year during our show, is that Carolina is always a team that goes on a run and somehow makes it happen. And I think they're going to make a run this year late in terms of being a team that will be threatening to make it into the playoffs. But I just don't see them winning the division. I think that the Saints have um, – Derek Carr is going to be very good this year for the Saints. And I think the Saints are going to be that team to beat in this division. And I, He has his coach from the Raiders who was there when he got drafted. I think that that's going to help bring him into the fold a little bit easier. And since he's more of a veteran quarterback, it's going to be easier to to get off to a better start. Yeah. And so I, I have the Saints winning the division this year, taking advantage of the fact that Tampa sucks and Atlanta's not going to be that great. Um, and that Carolina might struggle early. So I'm picking the Saints to win the division, Carolina to come in second this year, but will be the perennial favorite year after year going forward. Sorry, Ian. No, Ian actually agrees with you. He commented, I think the Saints will win the division, but whenever the season looks bleak, the Panthers always do well. So like you said, they're probably going to make a run, a run towards the end of the season and potentially win the division. Yeah, um, I, I think I think Bryce Young is a, it was a great choice at number one, and I think he's going to be a very good quarterback in this league. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And with that, I'm going to actually pick the Panthers. Fuck you, Ian. I believe in your team more than you do. I'm picking the <laughs> Panthers to win. Let's go. Number one in the division, number one in our hearts. Derek Carr, Chris Olave. Psh, who needs him? We got Bryce Young. That's all we need. He's going to all be right. the next Pat Mahomes. Calling it right now. Oh, really? So will he be better than Trevor Lawrence? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's my prediction. Shout out to Ian. All right. Next division. Take a look at the NFC West, which is honestly infinitely less interesting than it used to be, I feel. Uh, when I look at this division, um, 
just feels like there's one team that's far ahead from the rest. Uh, a team in the LA Rams that is just trying to tread water after getting dismantled by all of their decisions over the past four years of trading away all their picks and having to get rid of a bunch of players and Aaron Donald and Matt Stafford being really their only players of full value and Matthew Stafford now struggling to relate to his younger teammates, which I find funny. He's the old man of the group. Um, the Seahawks, I mean, they're, they're a surprising story, obviously, right? Because last season, Geno Smith proved that he could be a, a competent and Pro Bowl level NFL quarterback. Um, now, obviously, the question is, is he will he be able to continue that? with? But having Pete Carroll as his coach, I think, is really what's brought him to that level. We'll see that what happens. He still has DK Metcalf. He still has a bunch of weapons on, in Seattle. So they should be pretty good this year. And then Arizona is probably the other team that you mentioned is going to be completely irrelevant uh kind of compared to the or, or grouped in with the tampa bay buccaneers but i will let you go mike who is yeah. going to come in fourth the cardinals suck uh and they're <laughs> in that bottom tier of the nfc they're going to be absolutely awful uh yeah the, that topic's done they stink move on number three <laughs> <laughs> yeah I will have to agree. The Arizona Cardinals are going to look look rough this year. They ended up trading away DeAndre Hopkins to the Tennessee Titans uh, earlier this offseason, which leaves Kyler Murray to work with basically nobody at wide receiver. They got some some young names like Rondale Moore, and I forgot who the, the number one guy would be at this point. Um, but either way, it is looking bleak. They're going to run James Conner into the ground, and their defense is probably going to get shredded. And how many wins did you predict them to get this season? Curious. The Cardinals, three, three. Oh, they, so win, more... they win three. <laughs> more, more than the Bucks. They're, they're, they are going to be fighting the Bucks for the number one pick. Yeah, but yeah. they they will be that team that wins a game late that their fans are going to be so upset with them and give the <laughs> they're Bucks pull the pull Texans pick. from last year. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. Well, that was the yeah. easiest pick of the day. Uh, so yeah. number three, who do you have, Mike? Los Angeles. I just think that again they are they are facing the problem. They traded all those picks, so they 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 took all their chips a few a couple years ago and went all in, and it paid off for them. They won the Super Bowl, but they have no depth at all, none. They have their starting to starting players, and they have talent, but if you lose that, you know they're going to struggle with if they get injured at all. And again, Stafford has a terrible offensive line. They do not look good at all. If in the preseason, like they don't look and the offensive line is like the, the what you can have to uh, if you're watching preseason football, you pay attention to the how the line plays because a lot of they're moving people around to test who's going to be where. So a lot of players who are going to be playing quite a bit do actually play a lot in the preseason for the offensive line and, and sometimes the defensive line, unless you have like elite players like Nick Bosa and uh, Micah Parsons, players like that uh, on the defensive side. But like or for the Giants, like Andrew Thomas, it's just but still. They looked awful. I mean, and Matthew Stafford is older. He's very injury prone. Um, I, I, I'm curious to hear this from you as a married man, because I can't relate to this. How, uh, w When his wife shared that he wasn't relating well to the younger players, that he said that, that was like a, you know, people were saying that was like a pillow talk moment. Like one of those things that you talk strictly to your spouse about that's not supposed to get outside of that. Or do you think that that was overblown? Or do you think that that's something that's like, ooh, like she really shouldn't have done that? What's your opinion as a married man? Uh, I'm sure Stafford doesn't give a damn. So if that's okay. the case, then who cares? Like, um, 
can't, I just can't imagine him going to his wife and be like, hey, what the fuck? Like, why'd you, why'd you say this? You know, I imagine it was just like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have said that, but whatever. And then they just move on. It's just like any, any other thing in the media, it will blow over. And well, yeah. especially once the season starts, somebody's going to give a shit about that. Um, so I imagine if, the, if he was upset about it, they talked about it for a minute and then they just moved on. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, it's just like anything else in the media, but dude, I'm looking at their depth chart. Uh, if Cooper Cup gets injured, this is rough. Because then, then they have Van Jefferson as their number one guy, with Ben Skoranek, Demarcus Robinson, Tutu Atwell. Like, oh Jesus! If Cam Akers are running back, hopefully I drafted him in one of my leagues. Hopefully he plays well. But man, their 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 roster is looking rough. Uh, not a lot to work with in a division with these top two teams. Where it's going to be tough to get a win against those two, and then I guess they'll probably get two free wins against the Cardinals. So it's it, it's it, it it's going to be interesting to see if the the Rams can salvage anything, but they're definitely going to be towards the bottom. Yeah, no, um, for sure. All right, Money Mike, who do you have at one and two? I'm guessing Niners one, Seahawks two. Yeah, I mean, I think the Seahawks <laughs> will be very very good and very competitive, um, and uh, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year, though. I think the Seahawks are going to take a step back. I think that Geno Smith was good last year, and I think that will be kind of the highlight of his career last year, and I think it's going to start to go down a little bit. Um, I don't have them making the playoffs. So I think the Seahawks will be uh, coming in second, not making the playoffs, and the San Francisco 49ers will um, also not be as good as they were last year, but definitely better than these three teams. Yeah, that, that 100%. Um, in the regular season in the regular season they won't be as good shout out to dave with the top tier input he says half this division is birds yes that is true. <laughs> it's true, very, very true. <laughs> that is very true and, um, and arizona's not even known for cardinals so they're just a lie yeah it's very random i will say in terms of the, the mascot there um are there any other divisions with two birds well what are the other bird teams we have the ravens the falcons the eagles yep are there anything else I don't think so. Um, yeah, they they have the most paltry in their division. Um, <laughs> there you go. Shout out to the NFC West, the bird loving division. Um, yeah, I will agree with you. That just shows how boring this division is that we're talking about this. Uh, I will <laughs> I will agree with you. The Seahawks at number two, the San Francisco 49ers at number one. Um, like you said, there's potential that the the forty both of these teams can take a step back, but that doesn't mean much in the NFC. I feel like like you're you're still going to be able to make a run uh, if your team gets hot at the right time, because the just the the top tier of the NFC is good, but it's it, the the rest of the division the conference is not. So yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, last division for the night and for our predictions, the NFC North. I would say this is a very interesting division because there is a lot of new stories. In, in this division compared to prior years. Typically, for a long time, it was Aaron Rodgers' division, right? And then before that, it was Brett Favre's division. And sometimes the Minnesota Vikings would sneak in and get themselves a division win. Sometimes the Chicago Bears would sneak in and get a win because of their great defense. Hey, but now, He's won this division. I know. <laughs> but now, the talk of the town is the Detroit Lions, Mike. We have talked so much shit about the Detroit Lions on this now, show. And now been, they're, we were pretty fair to them last year. We were we were, we were pretty polite. We were very polite to them. Yeah, we were polite until 
the Jaguars lost by like 30 points to them. And I was like, we lost the fucking Lions by 30 points. You know, I was angry. But that was kind of just a sign of things to come as people are excited about the Detroit Lions and think they have a very strong shot and are the favorites to win this division. Obviously, the Minnesota Vikings coming off of a division win last year with Kirk Cousins playing very well. Uh, The team has sent Dalvin Cook over to the New York Jets, so now Alexander Madison is going to be their starting running back. But as long as this team has Justin Jefferson, you know that they're going to be able to put up numbers and uh, put up points very quickly and very electrifyingly. Um, And then obviously in the middle, we have the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. The Green Bay Packers, obviously first season without Aaron Rodgers. In a long time, very long time. So it's going to be, we're all curious to see how Jordan Love plays, how this team adjusts to not having one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time on their roster. And then obviously the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields, at quarterback, still some question marks surrounding him. Great fantasy quarterback, I will admit. There's a lot of debate on Twitter for some reason on who's better, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I think we will get that answer this year. And I think I know what the answer is, um, but we shall see. Uh, but obviously the Bears, just trying to get themselves back into relevancy after a tough couple of years. So, Money Mike, who do you think is going to come in fourth here? This is an interesting one. Yeah, I, I said earlier on the show that the NFC East is the strongest division in this conference. This division is the most interesting um, in terms of who's going to win because I could make an argument for all four that could win this division this year because it's that wide open. Um, I think that fourth place... I have the Green Bay Packers coming in fourth place. I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers was great. Um, And Brett Favre was great. And when Brett Favre left Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers took over, people forget Aaron Rodgers went 6-10 and his first year as a starter in Green Bay. And that had a very good roster, a team that made the NFC Championship game uh, and went to the NFC Championship game at home and lost to a superior being in Eli Manning and the New York Giants. Then they, you know, Aaron Rodgers took over the team and they struggled that first year. But then they bounced up and won a Super Bowl a few years later. There he is. Yeah. Eli Manning. <laughs> Unstoppable force in the playoffs. Shout out to this he just, guy. He, he rarely got there, but when he did get there, he won Super Bowls. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that Jordan Love, he what he has to his uh, favor is he has the one of the best offensive lines in football. He has young talents at wide receiver, which he'll have time to throw to them and he has supportive running backs behind him and he has an offensive minded head coach. That's going to be really good for his development. The only problem is he's been sitting for so long that if he's not good this year, it's like, do the Packers pick him up and on his player option uh, to have him go forward? Or will they be in a position to take from this very, um, very popular quarterback class coming up this year? Like people were not high in the quarterbacks coming uh, out of the draft this past season, but they're really high in the quarterbacks coming out of the draft next year. Um, so that's where the Green Bay Packers, you know, again, they have a roster good enough to win this division. I just don't know if they can make it happen. So I have them in fourth in the division. Okay. Yeah, that's I entirely fair. I, I don't know. I, I think the Chicago Bears are everybody's pick to be number four. Which I'm the, curious to see if, if that's the case for you or if, if, if not. It's not. I agree with you. You honestly bring up some really good points about the Packers. Um, the the thing is this team on the offensive side of the ball is going to struggle mightily because they struggled last year with Aaron Rodgers. They've gotten worse because they've gotten rid of a couple or they transferred some of their receivers over to New York with Rodgers. So they're dealing with Watson at number one and then their running backs are still Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. 
good pieces. But those guys are only going to excel if Jordan Love plays well. And I just don't expect Jordan Love to be the guy. Um, I for well, honestly, for Packers fans, I hope he isn't. They deserve to deal with some fucking QB turmoil for a couple of years. They have Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers. They only got two Super Bowls out of it, but there's still two Super Bowls. Like, let's deal with some a little bit of a quarterback carousel in Green Bay. Why don't we? I'm sure yeah. every other fan base of the NFC North teams would agree with me. They're like, okay. I hope Jordan Love is the shit, or or not the shit, is the shits. And then they turn around and draft another quarterback next year, and he also sucks. I think that's <laughs> that's what they're they're hoping for, and uh, I think that's going to be my prediction for the Packers in fourth. Um, all right. All right, number three. Who do you got, Money Mike? So I've said this on this show a few times, and Steve the Oracle Dem Blaker has agreed with me. He has shaken his head in agreement when I've made this statement. The Minnesota Vikings are a team that go up and they come down. They go up, they come down. That's who they've been ever since I started watching football. Last year, they won 13 games, won nine games uh, in a, uh, that were one-score games. They went 9-0 and in one-score games. That is unprecedented. Like, that's not going to happen again. Okay, I, I bet if we called Nick to come on, he could still talk about that game against the Bills I still probably keeps him up at night how the Bills blew that game. Okay. Uh, they it barely was pretty beat the ridiculous, Giants. man. That, they that barely was, beat, oh. Yeah. They barely beat <laughs> the Giants on Christmas Eve, and then the Giants were able to beat them, uh, you know, in the playoffs because they were the better team. They just made too many mistakes in the first game. Um, there was just so many games where the Vikings were on the brink of death, and they were able to escape, and they did it at nine times. Incredible. People might argue, oh, that means they're battle-tested. Eh. I think it means like everyone's taking a step back on the Vikings uh, that are the experts and study this stuff all day long. Like I spend my day selling cars. I don't spend my day analyzing football teams. So the fact that the people who do that for a living are also taking a step back in the Vikings leads me to feel like my gut feeling is they are going to have a step back. And I think they're going to be worse than they were last year. And I don't have them making the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings will come in third in the NFC North. They're going to have a down year this year. Bro, if you choose Justin Fields and the Bears to win this division, I'm gonna be like, "What the hell are we doing here?" I'm, I, I, let's let's keep the suspense <laughs> going. Let's see. You know, if if the, Sean Aroni listens to this, I'm sorry, man. I just so some of the comments I've seen on Twitter about how Justin Fields is by far and away the better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence just bothers me. So that that it unnecessarily kind of don't like your team right now. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But all right, at number three, I'm putting the Bears. Um, like I said, Justin Fields, fantastic fantasy quarterback. He will put up numbers for you. He can run very well. He has flashes of greatness in the pocket. But he doesn't really have the pieces to succeed in the way that I know Trevor Lawrence is going to in Jacksonville. And with that, I think it's just going to keep him in the same rut that they've been in, where they just can't really beat. They're, they're kind of going to be a middle-of-the-road team that can beat teams that are below them in terms of the Packers and the Cardinals if they play them and the Bucks if they play them this year and all that. But they're not going to be able to beat the more elite teams in the NFL. So I'm going to put them at number three. Uh, I'm guessing you're putting the Bears at number two. That's your guess. That's interesting. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I have the Bears at number two. Uh, the, the Chicago Bears play their opening game against the Packers. Now, this is going to be very – uh, there are a few games that I'm very curious to watch uh, week one. 
Uh, obviously, the Giants-Cowboys is number one on my list for obvious reasons. Number two, I'm very excited to watch the Jets and the Bills. But the third game I'm most interested in week one is Jaguars the Chicago Colts. Bears. And the... Oh, okay, sorry. No, the Chicago Bears. No, because the Jags are going to kill them. Uh, <laughs> the Chicago Bears, despite what Colin Cowherd says, the Colts are not going to upset the Jags week one. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be the Chicago Bears versus the Packers in – uh, Chicago, because you've got two stories that are very similar. You have two quarterbacks that people have questions about, and I think one is going to prove people right, and the other one is going to also prove people right by not being that good, and that's Jordan Love. Um, so <laughs> I think that Justin Fields is going to be good, and I think that he is going to be a very good fantasy quarterback for anybody that drafts him, and I think that the Chicago Bears acquired some wide receivers in trades. Uh, they got more from Carolina by trading away the number one pick. Oh, for... yeah, that's right. I forgot about more. Okay, so anybody listening to the Bears... The Bears have better weapons. Bears, okay, yeah. The Bears have better weapons for for Justin Fields than the Packers have for for Love. Uh, I don't think their offensive line is as good as Green Bay, so that might. But the fact that Fields has his legs to help him get out of those situations, um, and I don't think the Bears' schedule is that hard. When I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, they open against Green Bay at home, they should win that. They play the shitty Tampa Bay Buccaneers second, they should win that. They'll lose to the Chiefs because you're going to Kansas City, and even if the game was played and, uh you know, Antarctica, no matter where you play it, they're going to lose to the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> they play the Broncos, who stink. Um, they play Washington, who I think is going to stink. They play Minnesota, who's going to take a step back, so I think they'll split with them. They play the Raiders, who I don't think are going to be very good. Um, uh, you know, they wow, have that is a pretty pretty good schedule, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is, I mean they, they, play, they play the Washington football team, Redskins, Commanders, whatever you want to call them. They play the Bucs. They play the Cardinals. Um, they play... Cleveland, they play uh, Green Bay twice. They play Atlanta. Uh, they play Carolina. So they play, play the NFC South. They play the NFC South. They play the AFC West, which people have question marks about every team except for the Chiefs. Everyone knows the Chiefs are good. And people think the Chargers will be good, but you never know with them. Um, so, okay. And then their division's wide open, like their division matchups, you know. I don't think that the Lions are going to necessarily steamroll through this division. And that's why I have the Chicago Bears not only coming in second in this division, but I have them as my dark horse team that people won't be predicting to make the playoffs and sneak in. They will be the seventh team in the NFC to make it in. I think the bears will make the playoffs. Wow. With that schedule, that does take change my tune on the bears a little bit. That this shows how much preparation I do for these shows. And it shows how biased I am by one singular <laughs> thing. That's making me make my predictions, but um, I'm still going to stick with my, stick with my guns here. I think I'm still putting the bears in third. And I'm putting the Detroit Lions in second. I <gasps> will believe it when I see it when it comes to the freaking Detroit Lions. All right? I get it. They looked fantastic to end the season last year. Amon Ross St. Brown and Jared Goff clearly had some insane connection. But it is Jared Goff and it is the Detroit Lions. So I think I'm going to kind of go against the hype because the hype always seems to fall short. Yeah. And so I'm putting them at second. And what? Well, I- God. Yeah. No, I, I'm 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 not technically going against the hype because I did pick them to win the division, but I'm not picking them to win by flying colors by any means. This is how I had the records when I did the schedules. I have the Detroit Lions winning the division at nine and eight. Wow. I have the Bears eight and nine, and I think eight wins does get you into the playoffs in the NFC. Um, I have the Bears eight and nine. The Vikings at eight and nine. Just the Bears will have a tiebreaker over the Vikings to get them in and kick them out. And then I have the Packers at seven and ten. Wow. So very closely contested division for sure. Yeah. Um, so I. I have the Lions carrying in some momentum from what they had last year, and I think it'll be just enough. It's just, you know, here's the thing about the hype about the Lions. I would have guessed for weeks. I would have bet if if I did bet money, which I don't. Um, when I found out that the Eagles had to play the Kansas City Chiefs at Kansas City, 
um, before they released who's playing when, I was like, there's no way the NFL is not going to start the season with the Super Bowl from last year. That's like, that's going to be such a draw. Eagles at Chiefs to open the season on Thursday night football. Um, but it's not. It's the Lions. And I was like, why is it the Lions? Because people are high on the Lions and they wanted to put them in this big, exciting moment. They're going to lose in that moment. They're going to be the team that loses on Thursday night. Um, but I think that um, the hype around them is a little overbloated. I think they are the best team in the division, but that doesn't necessarily mean that means they're going to be this dominant team. That being said, they win the division. I have them being the fourth seed in the NFC behind the three other division winners. I have the Eagles being the number one seed. Um, the 49ers being the second seed, the Saints being three, um, and the Lions being number four. So, okay. all right. And then I, yeah, uh, yeah. And then we can go into our wild cards in a second, but that's how I had to have it playing out. No, that makes sense. Uh, I'm choosing Minnesota to win this division. Um, I okay. think the, that the Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson connection is only going to get better. I think people are a little bit more bought into Kirk Cousins because of that quarterback series. I never actually watched it, but it sounds like he, Showed himself very well, um, so I think uh, people are going to feel more positive about him, and I think he is going to continue to play kind of around the same level that he has been able to play in. And like you said, this is going to be a con- uh, closely contested division where the records are going to be very close, and I think they're still going to continue with a little bit of that fairy dust to win a lot of those close games to get them just over the hump and win this division. They're definitely not going to be as high of a seed this year in the playoffs but they'll still be able to get the win. I think they're going to break that curse, Money Mike, that you've been saying that they're so okay. like a roller coaster. Maybe, so. maybe all my points are completely invalid. It's all bitterness for Steve leaving the show actively. Like I've just like spite his team. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Steve. No, <laughs> no. Okay. So that uh, finishes up our division predictions. Uh, Mike, what yeah. do you got in the wild card? All right, so I have the Dallas Cowboys being the highest wild card team, like they were last year. Um, because of the talent that they do have, they're going to manage to put themselves in that position once again. Uh, I think the Giants are going to be back where they were too. I think the Giants are going to make the the wild card as well. And then I have my dark horse Chicago Bears being that third team. I know people are like, well, what about Seattle? What about Minnesota? Look, it, the same teams don't get in the playoffs every single year. And I, I just – I know the Giants are that team that are at risk to be the team that made the playoffs last year to get knocked out this year, but I think the Giants have improved. So I'm not just putting in my fandom for the Giants here. Maybe that is part of it, I will admit, but I think that they are going to be an improved team this year, and I think they're going to still make the playoffs. And I just think the Chicago Bears, I listed their schedule. They don't have that challenging of a schedule. Yeah, so That's definitely Justin a good Fields, point. If Justin Fields yeah. makes the the leap that people are predicting he will, and I think that he will, yeah, I can see the Bears being that team that sneaks into the playoffs. I said they probably win eight games, but maybe they win nine or ten. If they win nine or ten, they're definitely getting in. Yeah. And I think that schedule they can win. They could definitely – there's potential to win ten games on that schedule for sure. Um, that being said, my playoff, my wild card matchups uh, would for that, like I talked about, the AFC would be the Bears would play the 49ers, the Giants would play the Saints, and the Cowboys would play the Lions. I think the Cowboys-Lions game is the most interesting – Um, and I think that the giants are better than the saints. So if the giants would do what they did last year, they'll go on the road and win the, uh, the playoff game that they won last year. Uh, the bears as good as I think that they could, could be in their schedule. Once they go up against the 49ers, the 49ers are just going to kick them out of the field. So send them back to Chicago. Um, and I think that the lions will, I mean, the Cowboys stink in the playoffs. They just do. So I think the lions will rise to the moment and win a home game. It'll be the two Thanksgiving hosts playing against each other. Uh, in January uh, in the Motor City. I think the Lions will finally win a playoff game. And so that's why I said I'm I'm not like 
not buying into the hype with the Lions, but I think they have the this is their opportunity to win a division and an opportunity to win a playoff game. Then in the divisional round, unfortunately, the, that way I've seeded the teams, the Giants will be playing the Eagles in the second round. <laughs> it's the uh, same ending as last year. Oh yeah, no! Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I really, I, I tried every time. I, 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 I like was like, oh, I'll change this, change this. It still ended up being the same thing. The Giants meet the Eagles in the playoffs, and I'm like, oh fuck. So, <laughs> so unfortunately, the Giants, like I said, they won't be embarrassed like they were last year. It'll be a more competitive game. But I just think if if the Eagles are healthy, they just talent gap is so much different from the Giants. It just it just is. Yeah. So I will hope and pray that I am wrong, and I will probably in the moment pick the Giants to win that game out of fandom. But if I'm being logical right now, before any games have been played, uh, the Eagles will win that game, and I think that the 49ers will once again win against the Lions and, and not against the Lions, but once again make it to the NFC Championship game. But this year, they will not get hurt at quarterback, and they will defeat the Philadelphia Eagles and go to the Super Bowl. So, so, so my Super Bowl okay. prediction is the San Francisco 49ers will challenge the defending champion Ugh. Kansas City Chiefs. God, okay. Well, that was going to be my prediction, but now i got to change it. No, um, you don't have to change it. That's okay. No, i got to change it because that makes it more interesting. Okay, so. Well, I don't want to have, have dibs over. I mean, I didn't. I almost picked the Eagles to win the, the conference, but I was like, that's boring. It would be the exact same Super Bowl as last well, year. Yeah, I guess I'm going to be boring too and just choose that then. So, so essentially what's what my prediction was going to be is I was going to give the wild cards to the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. So uh, not in that order, but that was what the wild cards were going to be. Um, and then, yeah, I was going to have the 40, 49ers basically facing the Eagles again in the NFC Championship and have the same exact talk track as you just said, <laughs> that they're not going to have an injured quarterback. It's, like their their overall roster is gonna be better in that in that moment. But now I'm saying screw that. Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and that bolstered defense is gonna take out the 49ers in the NFC Championship once again. And we're gonna have a repeat of last year's Super Bowl. There is no way that is going to happen, but at this point I'm kind of stuck. Is it a different result? Sure. Eagles so win. Fly Eagles, Eagles fly, Eagles are, baby. Eagles are your Super Bowl pick to win this year. Yeah. All right, my my, I'm sticking with Kansas City. It's it's boring, and I, yeah. I admit, uh, but that's the main difference between the. This is what's funny is the NFC. I look at the Eagles and the 49ers as the two teams that nobody can touch, and they're gonna they're just destined to meet in the conference championship game. That being said, um, the AFC, despite having eight teams that you could be like wow they're gonna be you have the chiefs you have the the jags you have the Bengals, you have the bills you have the ravens you have um the, the chargers the i did i say the jets no already yeah the steelers could sneakily be good yeah um you know what i mean like there's just so many teams but again i just look at that that big batch of teams but i still think kansas city's just a notch above all of them right and the cincinnati fans would probably argue against that but I mean, well, the, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't, because uh, they just made the Super Bowl two years ago. So it's like, I mean, it's not like they, she's been winning yeah, every and, year. But, and, and yeah. Overall, overall, Joe Burrow has, and here's the difference between the Bills fans and the Bengals fans. Oh, here we go. I didn't mean this for this to happen. No. Bills fans. No. The Bills fans look at the games that they've beaten Kansas City in the regular season and go, see, see, we're better than the Chiefs. We can beat them. But they've never been able to do it in the playoffs. The Bengals fans can look at the regular season and postseason and say, we've beaten them in both spots. Yeah. 
which the Bills can't say that. The Bills fans can't say that they can beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead in the playoffs because they've never been able to do it. They had 13 right. seconds of a chance to do it, and they still couldn't do that. So, no. And the, and the Bengals fans might argue that they got screwed in the AFC Championship game last year. Right. There were some questionable calls that were made that Bengals fans probably are still holding near and dear to their hearts saying they should have won that game. Um, so, but again, I, I just think the Chiefs are overall better than the yeah. entire batch of teams in the AFC. And then the Eagles and the Niners are that much better than the teams in the NFC. But one thing that will throw a wild card in all of this is what team is going to get hit with the injury bug. Right. It's going to happen. It's going to happen to multiple teams. And that's why, like, it's on paper. We're ba basically what happens every year in football is when you're making preseason predictions, a lot of times you're basically picking the results of last year. Yeah. Is what I noticed <laughs> when I, when I did this whole thing and broke it down, like I'm like, I'm going through week to week th this. And I did all the seating. And I was like, Oh fuck. By the time I get to the conference championship game, I basically have the chiefs challenging someone. And then the Eagles and the 49ers. <laughs> you know it's, I mean? it's like, okay, cool. It's the same script as every, as last right. year, but so it, it's hard not I to would, do that. I would it really is. It. I would I, honestly, but though, I would love it if it was, uh, Neither the 49ers or the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. And I would love if it was someone other than the Chiefs and two teams in the AFC. Like yeah. if it was the Jaguars and the Bills or the Ravens and the Bengals. Yeah. You know, two NFC North powerhouse or a mix of that, like Bengals versus Jags or, or Bills versus Ravens or Bills versus Bengals. Yeah, it creates parity, which is what you want. Yeah. You, know, you don't want the yeah. same team every single year. It gets boring. Um, yeah. But alas, that is what we both predict. Hopefully, uh, neither of those come true, and we have completely different matchups, as we said. Uh, that is going to conclude our predictions for both the AFC and NFC side of the NFL season coming up. Very excited for all of the action that's going to be uh, coming our way. Uh, very excited to order NFL, NFL Sunday ticket through YouTube TV this year. We're going. I'm definitely going to be using that student discount, uh, thanks to Kristen going back to school for her MBA. Um, I was wondering if that was going to come into play. Like, so are you canceling your Hulu TV service and getting YouTube? No, I think we're just going to stick with Hulu and just buy the Sunday ticket um, because the, the discounted rate is good regardless if you have YouTube TV or not. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's going to be, I think, 120 with Red Zone. So yeah, yeah. a lot better than 400 bucks. <laughs> it's going to be full price. Um so now is, are they going to be, are they going to allow you to have like multiple users, like log on or, or no? Cause I don't know not. if that was a thing with, cause I remember when you had it on the last service with direct TV, um, like the weeks that the giants and Jags weren't playing at the same time and the giants were on on TV, you'd let me mm -hmm. watch it. Um, and I, but I was like, Oh, he probably can't do that when they're playing at the same time because they yeah. probably canceled it out. So I'm, pr I'm sure YouTube was trying to make sure that that doesn't have where people are sharing passwords and, and doing oh. that. Well, because they paid a lot of money for it. So, yeah, they're oh, going to yeah. have to recoup that cost. So, um, yeah. so that is the plan. Shout out to to my wife, Kristen, as well. She brought up this very interesting – honestly, this story kind of blew me away. Um, I don't know if you saw this. The Nebraska women's volleyball team broke the record for the highest attended women's sport uh, sporting event. They filled an, a football stadium over 90,000 people for a volleyball game. Yeah. How insane is that? that? I heard about it this morning, actually, on uh, SiriusXM activated my radio for some random reason. And mm. so I was listening to ESPN Get Up this morning. They were talking about that. And I was yeah. like, women's volleyball? Like, of all, all things that, you know, it's like, but apparently vo women's volleyball is popular. Yeah, especially um, in Nebraska, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah. I heard that the, yeah, the Nebraska, it, it, it's a big program. Yeah. For sure. Well, I guess they've won like, or at least been in the championship for the last five years. So I guess it makes sense, but it's just so crazy to think of going to a football stadium, sitting in the nosebleeds to watch volleyball on the big screen, really. Cause you can't see anything like the court is yeah. so small. Like it's kind of wild. You know, volleyball is one of those sports too, that like I've, I suck at it. Uh, whenever Me I've too. been asked to play, I'm, I'm quite awful. Um, <laughs> But uh, I don't understand the scoring of volleyball, it, 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 the way that they do it. It's 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 it, maybe I haven't looked at it enough to analyze it, and maybe it'd be very easy yeah. to understand. I don't, I, I'm sure you just have to look at like like I'm I couldn't tell you what it is. I'm I'm pretty sure it's like based on like sets, so yeah. like you just play to a certain score and then you win that set, and then there's a certain number of sets you have to win. I'm pretty sure it's like that. For yeah. people who are volleyball fans, I apologize if I'm wrong. Um. But what what is this, what is this crap? Uh, maybe it's just in gym class or or like a uh, volleyball tournament set at Sharkies. But like, why is it that you have to rotate positions? I hate that. I am six foot six and not very athletic. You, the only successful spot I can be in in the volleyball game is right near the net, where I can just like put my arms up and <laughs> hit it. You know why? Why do we have to freaking rotate? I'm only going to be valuable in one spot. Okay. <laughs> I think <laughs> otherwise I, think... I am a detriment to whatever team I'm on. I I was at work one day and uh, I had coworkers who were all on t- they were on a team together, but they were ultra competitive about it. Now I'm a very competitive person myself, except in areas where I know I'm not good and then I don't care. Like when Nick asked me to be on his kickball team, I wasn't that competitive about that because I was like, well, I suck, so I'm not going to be much of a help. So whatever, rah rah, go team. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't really that into it. Um, Whereas, like, if I'm playing Madden against someone, I'm ultra competitive and I get super pissed off if I throw an interception or take a sack. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. But volleyball, so they, they asked me one day, one of their people was going to be out and they, they didn't want to have to forfeit the game. So, like, Mike, come with us. I said, guys, it's not a good idea. And they're like, why? <laughs> I'm like, well, by forfeiting, you don't have to have the embarrassment of watching me play. Um, whereas, if I play, we're going to lose anyway, which we did. We lost when I was there. Of course, but I'm sure it wasn't just your fault. I'm sure it wasn't just your fault. But in terms well, of. Well, I, 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 let's. I didn't I didn't help us in any way <laughs> playing those uh those sports in your adult years is definitely a different beast and I say adult years I'm supposed to be in my athletic prime right I'm 27 turning 28 next Thursday on the day that the NFL season starts which is very exciting but yeah, um, what, are you, what are you more excited about your birthday or football season football season 100 I'm not a big birthday guy we had this conversation actually a couple weeks ago like I just birthday's yeah. birthday at this point and turning 28 woohoo um but it's uh playing playing those sports as you you realize every single day now i'm sitting in this chair specifically all day every day because i work from home like you're just not as active as it used to be right so then when you get off of this chair and i have to go play kickball there's one time i like almost tore my quad kicking the ball because i wasn't warmed up and my body was just so cold from sitting down all day it's just when we were kids we were always running and jumping and moving all over the place Life comes yeah. at you fast, man. I know. I played basketball for the first time like two months ago. Before that, it was like a year. And we weren't even playing full court. It was half court at the Phoenix Town Park. And my legs afterwards felt like I had gone to the gym and did like leg presses for an hour. That and That's how bad that I was like, this sucks. <laughs> basketball is probably the biggest shock to the system. Like even half yeah. court, you're playing for 10 minutes. And I am just drenched in sweat. I am breathing so heavy. And I'm like, man, we used to play this for like hours every day. 
in, in oh, the yeah. summer and we played in high school like like we were spreading doing suicides up and down the court and now we just can't even play half court it's 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 a sad sad thing yeah i mean we, we what did we do when we were kids i think we would all meet up and hang out like around like one and be playing until like five or six yeah till dinner till, so we had to go home for dinner yeah and then after dinner sometimes we would meet up and play again <laughs> yeah dude that those are the days those are definitely the days i miss those but yeah. alas back then we weren't doing another damn sports podcast so there is some good and bad that comes with the passing of all of these years and i'm glad to say that money mike you and i have been friends for at this point probably over what 25 years i would say we've known each other since we were babies basically yeah, i know um, so that's insane hopefully we continue th- this podcast for another 25 years hopefully everybody listening to this podcast has enjoyed it hopefully everybody in the chat including seth burrito dave ian everybody who's contributed thank you so much for hanging out with us as we talk sports even all my friends who don't even enjoy sports are hanging out in the chat just to support i appreciate you guys more than you know um this is the uh penultimate episode before the season actually starts mike what are we doing next week like get the viewers a a a live view in well, it's going to be the first week of predictions of uh, the actual game predictions. These were the predictions of the ultimate outcome of the season. But the, the starting next week, it'll be picking the games week to week like we always do. And now analyzing the news that comes up. And there's been a lot of news this offseason, a lot of excitement. I mean, there's so many different storylines to follow. And the great thing about going into week one is every fan base can go in thinking that their team can make something happen and possibly be that team that is challenging for that Super Bowl title. Um, like I said, I personally uh, wrote down the tiers of teams in each conference. Now, I put, even though I picked the Jets to win the division, I still, they have to prove it, you know, and I think the Bills are still the top tier team in that division. I just think the Bills won't win the division. But in the AFC, you've got the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, the Ravens are like the powerhouse teams. Then you've got, the Jags, Jets, Dolphins, who are rising up to be taking that on. I still am, am out of respect for Mike Vrabel putting the Titans in that second tier, but I think they'll ultimately be a third-tier team. Um, the Chargers are in that second tier. And the third-tier team are teams that, like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they have – you wouldn't question it if they did. Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, like, they made the playoffs. Like, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Browns have potential. Uh, only because Sean Payton's there now with the Broncos, the Raiders right. – the Raiders could do something. I doubt it, but that's why they're in the third tier. And then Bob James teams I have, I'm giving no shot to um, are the Colts and the Texans. I mean, Anthony Richardson made a comment about the Colts making the Super Bowl or challenging for the Super Bowl this year. Give me a break. Um, and it's <laughs> confident. That's for sure. Yeah. But then like, so in the AFC, the top two tiers have a bunch of teams. In the NFC, the top two teams we mentioned, the Eagles and the 49ers are the top tier teams. And then second tier teams are teams that I, I would definitely have confidence can make the playoffs. The Cowboys, the Giants, the Lions. The Vikings can make the playoffs. The Seahawks can make the playoffs. They did last year. And then the Saints, I think, are going to be the best team in their division this year. But I think the Panthers will win it going forward. I said that. But the third tier, the teams that I think are dark horse teams, that if you're picking them to go to the playoffs, you're not crazy. The Bears, the Packers, the Falcons could be good. Like yeah. they, they have they, they could be good. The Panthers could go on a run and make the playoffs. I would not be shocked if the Panthers won the division this well, year. And that, that's, the, that's the part of the NFC that makes it interesting, right, is there's possibilities for other teams to step up because the rest of the conference isn't that great, right? Like if you throw the Bears, the Falcons, and 
um, who the other team was into into the AFC, then you're like, okay, well, there's no chance any of them really make the playoffs. I'm guessing. Um, so I think it's it's just all a a, a product of their surroundings. Yeah, aspect, and I think the, yeah, yeah, and I think that one of the biggest differences between the AFC and the NFC is in the AFC, you have to win a minimum of ten games to even give yourself a chance. Right. Because ten wins might still keep you out of the playoffs. I think you have to win north of 10 to be in the playoffs in the AFC. And if you win 10, you're in the hunt, but might get kicked out. Right. And some teams that win 10 games won't make the playoffs in the AFC. That's just the reality. Whereas in the NFC, I could see teams that only win nine or eight games squeaking in. Yeah. And that's just strength of conference between the two. And there's going to be the, those fan bases for the teams that won more games in the AFC than teams in the NFC that made the playoffs. Like, this is why conferences are stupid. Well, get over it. <laughs> yeah because if we took away the conferences there would be complaints as well it's just there's always yeah. going to be something that's going to be annoying from one fan base's perspective but all right well i think from there we're going to call it because uh we're going to be talking a lot of football this season and uh it's going to be fun we'll talk some baseball eventually soon i know i i know i alluded to this last week and it didn't happen but we, i want to bring burrito bandit on the podcast i want i want you to hear him talk about the Yankees, because it is really funny, honestly. <laughs> like listening to him complain about the Yankees, talk about how annoying it has been to watch. He watches every single game, like no joke, every single baseball game. He sits down and watch, watches. It. I would so do that a... too if I had if I if the Red Sox were local. I probably would do the same thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, the Yankees lost in ten today. I didn't watch any of the game, but I'm sure he could tell me all about it. <laughs> he he certainly will and he has great energy and it's it's gonna be fun so we're gonna bring him onto the pod we'll bring on some other guests steve the oracle dem blaker will come back at some point to hang out with us uh throughout the season it's gonna be a fun season we'll do some games it won't just be all of this talking and analysis we'll bring some fun and some light-hearted competition between money mike and myself it's gonna be a fun season all righty i am drew torres he is money mike gilchrist thank you again to everybody uh in the chat thank you everybody for listening to another damn sports podcast and take care.